Okay, so we are in Romans chapter 16, and we're going to pick it up reading from, from, uh, um, verse, <clears throat> verse, uh, five, verse five of Romans chapter 16. Also greet the church that is in their house. So we covered that, we covered that before. Now we pick up, this is new text for us. Greet, uh, Ephenetus, my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are outstanding among the apostles who were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ and Stachys, my beloved. Greet Apelles, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympias, and all the saints who are with them. Okay, so that was just a bunch of names. How can Paul remember all of those names? Well, obviously, they mean something to him. These are a bunch of names of people that mean something to him. And so he starts out, he starts out with, with this name, uh, uh, in, in verse five, greet Eponidas, my beloved. He says, I love this guy, my beloved. And he'll use this, this term many times, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia, probably from Ephesus in his first trip there. And so you, you see that he, he's this, he, he's saying that, that, uh, uh, he was the first convert. Sometimes people don't like when I use the word converts, that I love to see converts. I mean, it's in the Bible. I mean, God used that name. That's what he used. Some, some, some translations say first fruits, but, uh, uh, he was the first convert. So Paul was even keeping track. You think Paul was just, you know, shooting from the hip willy nilly. I mean, he even, he says this was the first guy in all of Asia. I mean, Paul's keeping track of this thing. And, uh, and, and he says now he's in the church in Rome and he, he's, he's greeting him. He's writing this letter. Remember, he had said sort of the, the, the close up in 1533. And then he remembered, I have to say hi to all these people. So he's, he's just naming them. And then he says, greet Mary who has worked hard for you. Greet Mary who has worked hard for you. So Mary, so, so this, uh, Epinetus, that, that, that is, uh, um, that, that's not a Jewish name. Mary is a Jewish name. And he says, greet Mary who has worked hard for you. What does he characterize in people here? He doesn't say greet Mary who's really pretty. Greet Mary who's really rich. Greet Mary who, uh, uh, who's good at playing the piano. No, it is that she has worked hard for you, that he picks out people specifically that worked hard. This was a big deal for him, to specifically pick out people that worked hard. He says, greet Mary who has worked hard. Jesus said, there's there's two things you have to do to be fulfilled in life. Two things. You want to be fulfilled in life? Remember, the devil took him up to a high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He says, all of this, is mine. I give it to you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God only 
You shall, he, he says specifically, let me read this in, in Luke chapter uh, uh, four, verse eight, he says, Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There are two things you have to do to have a fulfilled life. Many people are not fulfilled in their life. Jesus said there's two things you have to do. You have to worship the Lord your God. Well, what does that mean? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse one, it means everything. Offer your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. For the believer, worship is everything. It's everything we do is worship to the Lord. And he says, and you shall serve him only. It is service to Christ that will fulfill you. Service to Christ. Just this morning, I was speaking with Ashley uh, Mix. She is the, the young lady who is over the women, the, the, uh, um, middle school and high school girls. And, uh, uh, I said, do you like this ministry? And I asked her, where'd you go to college? She told me where she went to college and she got a, um, uh, a, a, a master's of divinity from Baylor. And then she said, uh, uh, I said, do you like it? She said, I love it. It's so much fun to have this voice to these young people. I mean, she was just ecstatic about her job. She loved serving the Lord. I love serving the Lord. It's one of the most fun things that I do is just my service to the Lord. And and Jesus said, you will be fulfilled if you learn to worship with everything that's in you, everything you got, worship, your money, your time, and you serve him. Hear me now. If you want to have a fulfilled life, you worship the Lord Jesus Christ and you serve him only. Your service is to him. There are many people that are not fulfilled in their life because they don't know what it is to worship him and they don't know what it is to serve him. He says, he says, remember Mary, who has really worked hard for you. Greet, uh, in verse seven, greet Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen, that means Jews, and my fellow prisoners. So they had been imprisoned with him at one time, who are outstanding among the apostles, meaning that they really shone among the apostles. I mean, that, that they, they used to be in Jerusalem, obviously, where the apostles were, were, were be, be, be early on in the ministry before things got more dispersed and the apostles stayed, but others, others were, were sent out. And he says he was outstanding. I mean, this guy did a lot. Whatever he did, he did a lot. And he says, and he says, uh, he says, who, who are outstanding among the apostles. So Andronicus and Junius are outstanding among the apostles and they were in Christ before me. They were in Christ before me. So by this time, this is in the, this is around 60 AD. Uh, this is before Paul's first imprisonment, which is 60 to 62 AD. And then, uh, and then I think his second imprisonment was like some, from 65 to 67, and then he was presumably beheaded, but, uh, uh, by Nero. So, so around 65 or 66, somewhere in there. So, so this means this is in the late 50s. So Paul has probably been work, walking with the Lord 30 years, walking with the Lord and serving him. He says, these guys were in the Lord before me. Before Saul was going up to Damascus, uh, 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 on this, on this road to Damascus to imprison Jews. These guys were in Christ. There's something for longevity in Christ. And this is what we're going to hear about today. But let's press on just for a moment here. And then he says, he says, uh, um, uh, then, then in verse eight, greet Ampliatus, my beloved. Again, I love this guy. He just loved these people and urbanists, our fellow worker. What's, what does he praise here? Workers, 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 not rich, not handsome, not strong, not beautiful workers. That's what he's, he keeps acknowledging. My fellow worker in Christ and Stachius, my beloved, 
Greta Pellis, the approved in Christ. I, I don't know. I don't know what that means, approved in Christ. Are the other ones not approved in Christ? He may have been encouraging this person, Apelles. Sometimes you just need somebody in authority to affirm you. One of the things, the second most important thing that, that sociologists tell us that drives people to work hard is that they are affirmed in their work. So this is why I often will tell my students, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate the work that you're doing. When you know that your work is appreciated, you work harder. In fact, the first thing, the most important thing that causes people to work hard is that they feel that they're changing the world, that they are doing something that's going beyond themselves and benefiting the world. Anyway, so he, he's affirming this person. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian. So these are people of the house of Herod. Herod had had uh, had moved into Judaism. Many of his pe- uh, people in his household got saved. Greet Herodian, my kinsman, again, a fellow Jew. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. In other words, the, those of his household who are in the Lord, those of his, of his household who are not in the Lord. He says, greet those who are in the Lord. Then he says, uh, 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 greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa. That, those two names mean luxurious and voluptuous. Greet luxurious and voluptuous. So that says more about their parents probably than it does about them. But whoever they were and whatever they were named into, they are now in Christ. And so people come out of all sorts of backgrounds and they're, they're now in Christ. Um, and then, then he says, he says, uh, uh, greet Perseus, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. What does he acknowledge? Hard work for the Lord. That is what fulfills a person. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Rufus, remember remember the Gospel of Mark? The Gospel of Mark was written to the Romans. He's writing to the Church of Rome. It says in Mark chapter 15, verse 20, And after they had mocked him, meaning Jesus, they took the purple robe off him and put put his garments on him. And, and, and they led him out to crucify him. They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country. Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. So this could well be the Rufus whose father was Simon who who helped Jesus carry that cross. And because he's acknowledging that that in the book of Mark, which is written to the Romans, this guy is a Roman, he, he, he mentions this name, Rufus, and his mother and mine. This would be Simon's wife would be be mother. And I'm not sure why he says also his mother and mine, uh, um, but in, in a sense that, that she's like a mother to him. And then he says, greet Asyncritus and Phlegon and Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Philogus and Julia, Nerissus, and his sister. And so he probably forgot the sister's name, but he says, greet her sister. Um, uh, and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. And so you see, there's all these names, all these people. So often Shireen will say, oh, so-and-so is doing such and such because she, she has, she does Facebook. I mean, I have a Facebook page that's been set up by other people, so I never look at it. But, but, uh, um, so she does this Facebook and she has all these, oh, remember that person in the class from 15 years ago? They're doing, uh, do I remember that person? Uh, the name sounds a little familiar. And then they'll show me the picture. Oh yeah, I remember them. And, and Paul knows all of this. Paul is like, Shireen, I mean, she, she's really good with names and, and remembering these people, but Paul was on top of it. He said, these people were in Christ before me. Today, I have asked Ronnie to come up. He's going to come up in just a second. Ronnie has the distinction of being in this church, West University Baptist Church, for 
60 years. 60 years in the same church. That's not easy to do. And this is not just a name on a roll. This is like every Sunday, and he worked here in the church. He was the music minister here. I love to see people who predate me in the Lord. I've known the Lord for 43 years, 43 and a half years. I love to see people who predated me. This guy predates me by decades, and that's the beautiful thing about the church. You have people that are in their 90s and even people at 100 that are just going on with the Lord, and I get to see them. And then you see newborn babies. The beautiful thing about the body of Christ. This, this apostle, Paul, loved the body of Christ. He loved the body of Christ. He is just saying, these are my beloved. He remembers the names of all these people. He's later on in this chapter, he's going to acknowledge the people who are with him saying, they greet you also. But he's just going through and naming all these people. The church meant something to them. They weren't just going from church to church, wherever the best preaching was. If the church has trouble, I'm going to another church. This body meant something to them. You know, Shireen and I have never left a church unless we've moved out of the city far away. And and uh, we've just never done it. Haven't the churches have trouble? You, you know, every church has trouble. Every family has trouble. But there are things that happen through a relationship over a long time. So I want Ronnie to just come up here and tell us something about what it's like to be in a church for 60 years. I got to get you all mic'd up here. And we got to get this uh, this thing up here. And and he, he he's an old Baptist guy, so he's got to stand up here. So c- come around here, see if I can get you on this camera well. And uh, and I got to get you mic'd up here. We got, we got several microphones here. Several. We got one for the room, one for the recording. And one for the people on Zoom. So I'm going to put this. Is that a real pocket? Yeah, that's a real pocket. It's a real pocket. It's a real pocket. I don't have any of those. Okay. Let me put this right here. So that's for the recording. And then I got, I got to get you this one. This is one for the folks on Zoom. There. And then, and then we got to have you, can you hold this? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're, you're a music minister. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Have at it, my friend. Well, Tell us something. I'm on a short leash here. I but um, here I would say this. He doesn't know it, but he called me and asked me to come and do that. And you know what I was doing? I'm 88 years of age, okay? Now, you're I decided. 88. 88. Okay. You say 8 plus 8, I'm still 16. Okay. You got it? Got it. Okay. But anyway. Um, I knew that my whole family were musical. And so I knew that I wanted to be a minister of music. But I had a problem. And the problem was they didn't even know back then that uh, what Tourette's and all of these terms meant. But I had all of them. I mean, I was a nutcase and trying to go to school. And they said, you'll never be able to be a minister of music on a platform. That you'd be an embarrassment. And so, and oh, no. But, you know, about that time I got drafted. And they sent me to Korea, and I thought that was the end of my life. And I realized when I got over there, those soldiers were not impressed with my noise and my cut up and all that stuff. And so he just, he, they just told me what I would do or wouldn't do, or you, you're out of here now. And so I began to think, man, I got to figure out a way to, instead of making noise and weird sounds, I've got to disguise that. And you know, I worked on it and I worked on it. I don't think the people in the church ever knew that I had all of those problems. No, I didn't know you had that. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, uh, what I'm trying to get to briefly 
is that if you have something that you feel that God wants you to do, I don't care what your problem is. If God's in it, you can do it. And uh, one or two little examples that I want to give you right quick. Number one, uh, I'm going to jump over to Cross Point, uh, but it wasn't Cross Point then. It was Bel Air, uh, First Bel- First Baptist Bel Air. And uh, we always drew by Bel Air, and that was a hot spot in that those back in the 60s. And boy, I'd give anything if our church was in that location because West University is not on a main street. They're on Auden. You know, you don't know where Auden is. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is we got a call. Barry Landon was the pastor. We got a call and he said, Preacher, I'm a real estate dealer. And he said, I've got a big sign out here that says this, the, this, this church is for sale. He said, they can't support it. They can't they got to close the door. And so he said, I, uh, I just want to, uh, let you know if you could use it at your church at West U that, that we can work a way that, uh, maybe you could use this church. I don't want to make a lot of money in tearing down a church and building big buildings and making a lot of money. So Barry Landon said, we're going to pray about it. And so boy, the deacons and all prayed about it. And then sure enough, uh, they said, yes, we want to do it. And uh, we didn't know how we were going to pay for it. But they said, we're going to do it. But but uh, when we got into the process of this, we realized that there were so many unknown factors. Number one is um, I, I needed a youth director. I did come on to be music. And I needed a youth director. And guess who they called? Barry, they, they called our pastor. Roger Patterson. And so he was the youth director. And so he came on board and uh, he was struggling a little bit. And so Barry Landham told him, he said, I tell you what, I want to, I got a feeling that you are going to be a minister someday and I want to help you. And I want to give you all of the, the bachelor, the master's and finally a doctor's degree. And he got those. About three months after that, our pastor, the doctors told him that he had this dementia and all this problem that he had, and he could, he wasn't going to be able to preach longer. And so Barry Landham had already uh, presented this young people to do all of these, had all of the degrees and everything. He didn't know that this was going to happen, but the long and the short was, he gave up the church and Roger unanimously. The people loved him. And so he was our next pastor and he's done a great job. I think if you know him, you know that he loves everybody and he does a great job. So can, can, can I just say one yeah. thing on that? One thing on that is that we are at this church because Roger was the youth pastor. When we visited this church 23 years ago, my kids loved my, my, my two oldest daughters. They loved Rogers, Rogers uh, a youth group so much. They said, dad, we want to go to this church. And That's they were incredible. so impressed with Roger. You know what impressed them the most? Why? That he could drive the church van and spit out the window while he was driving. <laughs> but it's better than that. He would spit out the passenger's window right across the, in front of the passenger. <laughs> I mean, that's a youth pastor. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, I'll, I'll match this. But no, really, I'm just going to give a brief 
uh, talking about if God's in it, uh, anything can happen. My my uh, daughter, uh, when she was born, we realized that he, she had problems and she wasn't developing properly. And so we found out that uh, he she had uh, problems that we didn't even know existed. Uh, stem cell, you know all about that. But anyway, she didn't have proper stem cells and she wasn't developing. And so ultimately, she ended up in a wheelchair. She was paralyzed for a year. And uh, so we were very concerned. And we never mentioned that uh, to do the stem cell procedure, it was going to cost $80,000. Well, we didn't have $80,000. But anyway. Uh, that, that was your granddaughter. Yeah, my granddaughter. Yeah, Did I say oh, daughter? I thought you said daughter. Okay. I do have dyslexia. Okay. But it, 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 it's your granddaughter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, we had, we had, uh, Jim to come over and his wife to pray over her and they kneeled down and boy, they prayed a prayer. I just couldn't believe. But the long and the short, uh, short would be that, uh, she, Julia, the daughter, let's get this right now. That's the daughter or the wife of the preacher, Julia. And so she called me and said, Ronnie, I think we ought to do a funds raise to help that child. And we didn't tell them how much it would cost. But they said, we're going to have a, a luncheon, invite everybody we know, and get her over there. And so I said, well, that's fine. I didn't tell them, but that wouldn't get a, you know, $80,000. But the, but the important thing was that, um, they raised the funds and, uh, right here in this facility, it was packed. I don't even know some of the people that came in here, but Julia came back to me and said, Ronnie, if it keeps going, I think we're going to raise $40,000. I said, that's a wonderful. Of course, it wasn't going to reach our goal, but I said, that's a wonder. Roger came up behind me. He said, Ronnie, have you heard the good news? I said, yeah, Julie told me $40,000. He said, well, no, that's not the good news. I said, did you, I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, when I left the church running late Sunday, the phone rang and I started not to answer it, but something told me you better answer. So he ran back, answered the phone. And one of our deacons said, I won't be able to be there, uh, because we're going out for another, but he said, I want to help. Raise the funds. And he said, whatever the church raises, I'm going to double it. Now, let's t- give him a test. What is 40 and 40? 80. $80,000. And it was right to the dollar. We couldn't do it here. We had to go out of the state because our medical had not approved it yet. So we had to go out of state and they did the, they enhanced the, the stem cells and the development. They put it back in. And within three or four months, she was back home and I got a phone call and she said, uh, granddaddy, could you, can you talk? Can you ask my grandmother? That's uh, my grandmother. Yeah. And so, uh, he said she was sitting in her wheelchair and they had arranged it where they could use the computer and see us online, what she was doing. She was sitting in a wheelchair, hadn't gotten out of it in a year. And so, she said, I walk by faith, not by might. I walk by, and so it said, I walk by faith, not by night. You want to see me? And we said, yeah, sure. We want to see you. 
And all of a sudden, she got out of her wheelchair. She walked all the way down the hallway. As far as we could see, she turned around, walked back, and sat down on the wheelchair. And you know what? She said, how did I do? (laughs) Well, we flipped out. But I'm just telling you, miracles can happen. If God's in it, he can make things happen that we can't make happen. And I want you in a young life to know that if you come against problems that you're having, if God is in it and you feel like he's in it, believe me, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall make the path straight. Hey, he kind of knows a little Bible. (laughs) Make the path straight. But anyway, that was another miracle. And I can tell you, 25 more, but I can't. I'm just simply saying there's nothing, if God's in it, there's nothing that you can't accomplish. Can, can, can I, can, can I funnel this in? So, Go for so, it. So t- tell me, tell me, what is the church meant to you in all of this? Why, why, why was the church important? I mean, w- without the church, you wouldn't have had the, the luncheon that raised well, the $80,000. Once mean, again, I mean, it, it's the body of Christ. This is what we're Amen. trying to, I mean, Paul is just speaking about all of these people in the body of Christ. And one of the things that I feel, Ronnie, is that a lot of times people today don't realize the, the, the strength that comes in the body of Christ, the people together, what that means. And especially after COVID, you're like, well, I'll just stay home. I'll watch it and I'll watch this church this week, this church. Without understanding the body of Christ and how it comes around us Amen. in times of trouble. Tell us Amen. something about what the church has meant in all of this, the, the body of Christ and how you haven't left. I mean, the people. Well, especially when everybody told me I couldn't do it. And uh, I knew the Lord wanted me to do it. And that was my motivation. And I think I love and appreciated this church even more, knowing what I knew, how I had to get here. God sent me here. And uh, I stayed for all of those years. And so I think that speaks for itself. And uh, the prayers that were prayed. And I just feel like that this church... The fundraiser that we're going to do, and I know you're not into that, but the fundraiser we're going to raise, it's just like the ones we did at Cross Point and these others. But now instead of having one church, we got three or four or five of them. I don't count them now, but uh, they have to raise a lot of money. But I know you're not into money right now. You're trying to graduate. But I want you to know whatever you, whatever you decide you can do and God's in it, you can make it happen. I don't know whether that answers your question, but this is my home. And that's one reason I stayed here. Uh, but I stayed a late, a very uh, silent profile. I don't get up and stand and lead the music anymore. I stand back at the back and this, that, and the other, because I know the other people that come ahead of me would be, and that'd be a little bit, uh, difficult for them for me to still be hanging around. So I just sit down and keep a low profile, but the Lord has blessed me in many ways. And uh, I could go on and on. Thank okay. you, Ronnie. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let me, let me get you unhooked here. Unhooked. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You're all unhooked. You're free to go. This over. 
So you see Paul here in this passage. He is he is um, he's talking about about the the body of Christ, and he just knows their names, and he loves this. He says, "Wow, this person's dear to me," and he names them by name. These people are precious to me, and I'll tell you that that uh, everybody goes through seasons in their life when there's hardship. There's a death, a death of a child. There's a there's a a, a miscarriage. Uh, somebody is injured in a car accident. A spouse is lost. I mean, and the body of Christ comes around and ministers. They they cook meals. They do things for you, and they really see you through this type of thing. To the extent that you become involved in the body of Christ, I know many times young people feel, I don't need to join a church. Why do I need to join a church? It's just just a formalization thing. Well, I don't know. Why do you get a marriage certificate? I mean, I mean, so so it be, it's because it speaks of something of accountability. When you join the church, what happens is you get on a roll where where the people are praying for for you routinely, and there's some record of you so that they can keep track. They don't keep track of everybody who just walks in the door. It's because you've made the decision to become a part of the local body of Christ to join the church. Some churches, you got to go through six months orientation things before you can join the church. This church is like super easy. You just walk up at the end of some service, you fill out a card, you're in. And we did it as a family. We did it as a family 23 years ago. And uh, um, and so you do that and you become a part of the body of Christ. And what happens is people start coming around you. You get to know people. This is what Paul is talking about. He says, I love these people. I love the ministry. I love the church. And I love what happens here. And if you get in this transient mode that, well, you know, I'm just here for three years or four years and then I'm moving on. Big, big mistake. If you think that that is a rationale for not getting involved. I joined a church right after my sophomore year of college. And that was the best thing I did. And I joined the discipleship program and I became involved for two years. I was only going to be there for two more years, but it meant so much to me to understand the body of Christ. This is what Paul is talking about. This isn't just a bunch of names that are Facebook friends. Like one day we had this guy visiting our home and and his daughter had gone to Rice. I said, well, my son is graduating from Rice. Do you know so-and-so? I asked him because... No, I don't think so. He says, let me check. Went to, oh yeah, we're Facebook friends. I mean, we're not talking about this type of thing. We're talking about a relationship of people that, that, because everybody goes through hard times in their life. There are times when Shireen has been, been, uh, uh, sick. We, we had, uh, we had an occasion where we, we, Shireen had a miscarriage and I was home with the two girls and I remember some ladies were cooking for us. And, and, uh, they bring over this meal and we were living in South Carolina at the time. And, uh, uh, she brought over this, this, um, I don't know, it, it was some sort of gelatinous material and then, and then some pound cake for dessert. And, and I was served the girls this pound cake for dessert. And then this lady came back and she came to pick up the dishes and said, thank, thank you for that, that soup and the pound cake. She says, what pound cake? I said, the pound cake you brought. She said, that was cornbread, you dumb Yankee. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought it was pound cake. I had never had cornbread before. And, uh, and, and you know, and we 
Me and the girls ate it for dessert. I mean, she was in the bedroom. So, but it is the body of Christ taking care of us. And, and, uh, they took care of us. They took care of us in our time of need and, and women could come over and pray for Shireen. This is the body of Christ working together. And, and, uh, the relationships that come through the body of Christ, I urge you, if you have not joined a church, you want to join another church, join another church, but get plugged in there and work. You will never be fulfilled in the Lord. You will never be fulfilled. You won't be fulfilled in life unless you do what Jesus said. You worship the Lord your God and you serve him only. You learn how to serve. You may be active in a campus ministry. That's fine. But have a church home because one day you're going to leave campus. One day you're going to leave campus. And this happens a lot to young people in campus ministry is once they leave the college campus, they feel like, I don't have any connection with Christian people anymore. Well, duh, it's join, join the local church. I mean, there's a church on like every corner in this country, certainly in this state. You can certainly join a local church. And it doesn't take forever to join. Oh, well, I've been looking around. How long have you been looking? Well, you know, a few years. You can find a church very rapidly if you pray and you ask God. You pray and you ask the Lord and he will lead you. And, and you can find a church really rapidly. And you plug in and it's not going to be perfect. But you get there, serve. You want to make it more perfect? Go there and serve and make it more perfect then. Go there and become active in that. And let your children see what it means to become active in the body of Christ. Paul loved the church. This is what we see here. And, and, uh, next week we're, we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about this next verse that says, um, uh, um, greet one another with a holy kiss. What is the holy kiss? We will talk about that next time. And next time I also have another Another woman coming uh, to share with us. And that woman is is another amazing woman who, who's been in Christ long before me, as Paul says. Long before me, this woman has been in Christ. This woman was married and her husband, her husband died. Uh, I, I think he died in a car accident, died in a car accident. And, and uh, she had three kids. I don't know, some some year later or something, she meets another guy whose wife had died of cancer, all right? So the two of them married. He had three kids, she had three kids. So now they're married, a widow and a widower marry. They have six kids. Seven months into that marriage, this man dies in a fishing accident. So this woman now has six kids. She's in this church. She's still in this church. You will meet her next week. There is not a cynical bone in her body. There is not a bitter feeling in her about God. You need to see people like this. I need to see people like this. This is what happens in the body of Christ. And she'll tell you the way the church stood with her. And I interviewed some other older people in this church that, that just because of time, we, we can't see them, but how, how this one woman, her husband ran off with another man and she was left. She had just moved here from Florida. She only had a high school education and, and uh, she had two little girls and her husband runs off with another another woman. And uh, um, and how a family in the church took her in with her two kids and how this church came around her. And she's been in this church now for over 50 years. These are precious lives. These are precious lives that have been through things that understand what the local church means. That this is not some just Zoom thing online. This is a local body of Christ that has an enormous impact on our lives, on our families, on our sustenance. 
You learn to worship the Lord your God, which is everything you have, and serve him only, and in that you will be fulfilled. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for those that have gone before us, for those who have been in Christ longer than us, who are examples to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that this has been your plan all along, that in the body of Christ, we would be worshiping together, people from all backgrounds worshiping together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the body of Christ. Thank you for what it's meant in my life, in our family, in our times of need, how they've come around us and encouraged us. How my pastor has been there many times to encourage me in my times where where I feel like I, I couldn't get through. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all your mercies on us. You are so kind and so gracious. Blessed be your name. Father, I pray for salvations this day that somebody would be saved, that this very day they would be saying, Lord, forgive me because I am a sinner and come into my life. Father, save us all this day, I pray, for the glory of Jesus and in his name. Amen.